0: This podcast is brought to you by DC Music Publishing. Find out more at dcmusicpublishing.co.uk. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Behind the Music Business podcast. My name is Danny Champion. I am a music educator, music business consultant, and also I run a small music publishing company based in Bristol and a little bit in Manchester called DC Music Publishing. This is my independent music business related podcast where I talk to a whole range of individuals about their job in the music business, about their journey through the music business, about their decision making, about what they've learned along the way, their motivations and everything in between. Uh, in the hope that I can inspire and inform those out there that want to get into the music business or maybe want to go deeper into the music business, either from the business side as a professional or maybe because they are an artist or songwriter or creator or something like that and they want to find out who they need to reach out to in other areas. This week's conversation, is with the head of publishing and A&R and label manager at A&G, Livia Cruz. We talked about her growing up in Brazil and her relationship with music and the music business there. We talked about her relationship with education and how that helped her get into the music business and how she enabled herself to get into the music business in the first place. We talked about a&G and what they do and how they are opening doors for up-and-coming artists that they're working with, which meant we talked about her recent trip to the Reaper Barn Festival. We talked about a gs ethos. We talked about Liv's particular role and how she goes about doing it, how she manages multiple duties, how she goes about a and And we talked about the new angle the new part of the ang group which is powerhouse creative so yes without further ado here is my conversation with the head of publishing anr and label manager of ang group livia cruz <laughs> What is your personal relationship with music you're wearing a nirvana t-shirt what's yeah. what's your music of choice what did you well, grow up listening to do you play anything or anything like that
1: i don't play i i could play the piano a tiny bit a very very long time ago but that's about it uh, But i've always loved music and the, Yeah, '90s '90s era from grunge to boy bands. That's that's my main gem, but also um, a lot of the women of today. Like I love, I don't, I don't, I mean they're not a particular genre, but like pop, folky Americana. Like Lissy, Lissy is one of my all-time favorites. She's amazing um i love these uh, new generation of women like um holly humberstone yep um that kind um pearl gem pearl gems my my all-time favorite okay. um
0: so you were you were a grunge kid then
1: i wasn't that's the funny thing i okay. wasn't <laughs> but then i became later on in life <laughs> um You're my brother was as an adult yeah my 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 brother Uh, I have an older brother, so he listened to all all kinds of 90s stuff and he used to make me mixtapes. And um, I used to really like it, but it was, yeah, when I was a bit older, I started to really appreciate it.
0: And and music for you growing up, um, did you go to a lot of shows? Were you that sort of a person that went to a lot of live music or was it very much headphones uh, discman at home was there a, was there a, any sort of a scene where you were
1: Yeah, I grew up in a small town in Brazil. <laughs> so there wasn't much of a scene, a gig scene. I mean, only heavy metal. I've got I've got a few friends that were in heavy metal bands back then.
0: I would love to see some Brazilian <laughs> heavy metal. I mean, I'll I've got, you know, some. obviously Sepultura and those guys yeah. immediately come to mind, but um. But so, yeah, so there wasn't an enormous, you know, there wasn't like local shows or anything like that? Or
1: No, my first big show, um, I was about 15 and I went to see the Backstreet Boys play at Maracanã. It was the only time I went to Maracanã Stadium. Nice. (laughs) It was to see the Backstreet Boys. That
0: would have been some show.
1: (laughs) It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, Who else did I see? Oh, I saw The Calling at the time. (laughs) The so was a thing.
0: But, but I mean, music, music and music in Brazil are kind of synonymous with one with one another. So I mean, what, what's kind of when you, as you're when you're growing up in Brazil, what's the relationship with with just music in general? What's what music is playing in your house? Was it a very musical just place to be?
1: Uh individually, yes. So I had my own music, my brother had his own music, and my dad, he's whole different music. So my dad my dad is uh well economist by trade, musician by heart. <laughs> he was nice. being bent with his with his brothers, they are all musicians. Okay. Um but his thing is samba bossa nova, like proper Brazilian stuff. So I listen to a lot of that. Um with him. My thing, it depends, yeah, it depends on the on the year i listened to all kinds of stuff and my brother was more of a rocker um and i i mean i guess i, I went to some brazilian gigs but not many because yeah, where i lived there wasn't much
0: and music industry music business probably wasn't anything that was anywhere near your way of thinking
1: at yeah so it's it's some people ask me that sometimes and like i've always i i never thought i could work in the music industry because in brazil it's it, although it's one of the biggest industries in in the world i think it's yeah it's top 10 the music top 10. business
0: okay yeah, yeah
1: yeah i forgot where exactly and population <laughs> but,
0: wise it's a big you know there's a lot of people
1: yeah and music well. is is an integral part of everybody's life mm. music is huge there um I mean we have Rock and Rio, which is one of the biggest festivals. Um it used to be the biggest in the world a while back. I don't think it is anymore, but we still have that. We have mm-hmm. Lollapalooza now. So music is really, really big there, but music industry is is very small um in terms of companies and people. I mean we have um we have the all the major labels but also a Brazilian major label. Um, which I haven't heard of in other countries. I don't know if other countries have that, um, but we have one, <laughs> uh, which is owned by a big network. I guess, and...
0: it's, it, I guess it probably would be similar to uh, companies like Tencent in China. It's our only yeah, I suppose in that, so only operating in that country, those sorts of things? Because Brazil's, Brazil's one of those countries, and again, please correct me if I'm... Miles and miles away from from any sort of mark here, but said it's it's very very there's a there's a, a strong cultural identity in Brazil. There's a lot of and and Brazil modern Brazil is is one of those countries that's catching up very fast to to kind of the the U S the the U uh, S Europe and things like that. So companies. That didn't necessarily or weren't necessarily on the radar maybe 20 years ago are big in those sorts of territories now so you know having a having a a a brazil only major record company uh kind of really doing well because they focus on local local stuff and local Um, stuff only
1: no not necessarily okay um so it's um it's a bit of a great topic i suppose <laughs> so they 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 actually just got bought by sony i'm pretty sure that deal went through i'm uh, not 100 percent. okay but yeah so there was, so there they, was a, a
0: brazilian major and now it's just part of sony
1: yeah <laughs> so they were owned by global which is this really massive media conglomerate, yep. conglomerate can mm-hmm. say that in brazil like they you know were very famous for soap operas. They are the ones responsible for that. And then a a funny thing that, I mean, I find funny is that in Brazil growing up, I think nowadays it's changed a little bit because of social media and like TikTok is, uh, Brazil is one of the biggest territories for TikTok. People are very, very um, online, let's say, (laughs) in Brazil. But um, growing up, the fastest way to get a number one song, uh, was to have a song in the soap opera <laughs> so and it's a, if you have a song in the soap opera you have a hit that's how people yeah. discovered music well i guess and, it's, uh, it's not
0: dissimilar to you know what late 90s early noughties in america you get your you get your track on the oc or uh gray's anatomy and something like that and, yeah i guess so and you, and i guess so
1: and, uh, yeah, I mean, the OC was really good with, the, you know, releasing the soundtracks because it was more like that. So this major label, they released all of the soundtracks from the soap operas ah, because okay. they are owned by the same company.
2: Okay.
1: Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it was a very, very, very big label. Um, and I think it was about 15 years ago, they started a sub-label only focusing on domestic repertoire. Right. Okay. Which I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah, I, I so as someone who kind of looks looks towards other territories without really knowing a lot about them, about you know beyond kind of what you read about them, it's always interesting to to actually get somewhat more of an insider's perspective on it. So, mm-hmm. what's your relationship like now with Brazil and Brazilian music? Are you are you someone that's are you really trying to to keep up on what's going on there as part of your role that you have now over here or is it just something that you kind of your your focus is very much on on the uk and kind of anglo-american catalog? um
1: so like at ag we where i work we are very sync focused um so i yeah keeping up with brazilian music is not really Something I do at work, but I do try to keep up a little bit just for myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but every time I talk to my Brazilian friends here, they start talking about a million artists that i 've never heard of, so I think I do a really bad job of, <laughs> of it
0: is that I mean you say sync focused obviously there's a lot of i mean you've just mentioned that there's a lot of of relationships between music and and television in Brazil is that not? part of your thinking from ang or are you kind of is it mainly focused on kind of european and american marketplaces
1: yeah because it's a bit different like the stink world in brazil is very very different from what it is in the us and the uk you know music supervision for instance is something that's pretty new Mm -hmm. it didn't this role didn't really exist um so it's it's yeah it's very different how it works there uh, but we've, we've been having some conversations so you know in the future maybe it can become something bigger but at the moment our focus is more US Europe.
2: When
0: did you come over to the UK? Uh,
1: too long ago uh, 2000 six
0: and was it just you for uh yeah <laughs> uh, for university education purposes or
1: uh no i just i always wanted to travel uh, live abroad travel the world so i i actually lived in the u.s for a year then i moved to germany uh, for just over a year and then i was there i was an au pair you know just kind of hanging out traveling meeting people mm-hmm. and then i was like okay i need to you Know, go back to uni, get a proper job, and um, it was in Germany actually that I realized that working in the music industry is a thing. How did you find
2: <laughs> uh, that?
1: Right? Uh, because I was when I was living there, I was thinking about staying there to study, and then I was looking into the courses, and I found it was when music business courses started. Because that's the thing, like coming from Brazil in Brazil, everything is very bureaucratic, okay. so. If you want to if you want to work in the music industry, you need a a degree that's going to be like here. You can have any degree or no degree at all. There you need a degree that's related. (laughs) okay.
0: okay. so there's much more of an emphasis on do you have a qualification in this? Yeah, you you don't get you don't even get the chance to show off your kind of natural ability
1: yeah sort of and so i came you know i started traveling and i came here with that mentality thinking you know i want to work in the music industry so i have to start a music business Mm -hmm. and you know it's not the case now i know (laughs) but fine i I guess it's in this because
0: i i did a music business course as well um i think you started yours the year i left mine so i graduated in 2009 Um, And what I've learnt in the too many years since then is that you don't have to do a degree in anything that you want to work with, unless it's, you know, be a doctor, be a vet, you know, unless you have to have Mm. a particular set of letters after your name, Um, but it helps. Would you agree with that, that these sorts of courses that are, that don't naturally lead you somewhere you know you don't have to have a degree in the in music industry management to get a a job in a and r or in publishing or anything like that but doing one of those courses and doing it the right way really really helps and it also kind of gets you in talking to the right people at the right time
1: yeah exactly i i do think it helps i mean we had uh when i was at uni here we had the orchard doing a a, like a competition with us we they divided us into groups and we had to come up with a marketing campaign for an artist Mm -hmm. so i thought that was really cool so we got to meet loads of industry people um i had one of my teachers was a music lawyer i learned a lot from him i still keep in touch with him um, I think it it does help and it helps make connections. I think it's uh you should you've got to do a combination of things because there is a lot of learning to be done even now, like I'm always learning I'm always doing courses to mm-hmm. keep up with yep. what's happening and uh also you know getting involved any way you can like I did loads of internships at the time you know I was just trying to get involved any way I could in different areas to find out because there's so many different areas in the music industry there's so many things you can do and um, I didn't know what I liked so I think it was good for that to learn more about about each area
0: I was going to ask did you have a, a particular place in mind that you were that you were focusing on but you kind of already answered that that you didn't so you kind of tried your hand at a bunch of things
1: yeah i mean to be honest i one of the main reasons i wanted to work in music was so i could go to all the gigs i wanted to because you know it's expensive and i just wanted to go to all the shows
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i mean you you've come to this this industry kind of with what no contacts no no natural way in so it's not i mean I'm, i'm sure you've uh, you've seen this that there is an element of oh I know somebody already who yep. can who can get me. <laughs> there is a degree of nepotism that goes on. Yeah, here, it but, feels but like you...
1: everybody went to the same school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you 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 know you've you've come to a completely new country and dived in. So how did you find find that? You know, were were you naturally outgoing enough to just dive in and get yourself out there and go and meet people and go to the shit because you were in London did you just jump straight into all the opportunities or was there a degree of kind of having to having to build up to, to anything?
1: um Actually, it was a bit it was a bit of both Uh, my first internship. So I was when I was at uni, I was working as a nanny and uh, the family I worked for. They were uh, friends with someone who used to go out with the owner of a record label (laughs) and this record label releases Brazilian music. Okay. so (laughs) that's how I got my first internship.
0: There's a little bit of a there's a there's a I always like those stories. My my one, my version of that is I lived in Cambridge at the time, and I just finish, finished a, a performance-based college course. So I was in bands, I wanted to be in a heavy metal band, that sort of thing. Um, but at the same time, I, want, I wanted to find a job that was in and around music. And my dad was going to London for meetings, and started talking to a guy on a train who happened to be the accountant of a record label based in in Cambridge. wow and that was it and it was just right okay i'll get in touch with them but it was just pure coincidence in those sorts of ways so I, there's there is a lot of those sorts of stories of, it's
1: amazing oh, how oh, it yeah. happens isn't it i mean when it's meant to be it's meant to be so, yeah you kind can, of can kind can't of, hide
0: well you, you've got to kind of i guess you've got to try and create those those Respond those possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I think uh,
1: what I what I always say to people, especially like the artists I work with, um, because you know they're all kind of up and coming. I just say they're really they always worry about not being ready to talk to people, not being ready to put themselves out there. And I just say, look, it's just a conversation. You just need to talk to people, talk to everybody you can, because then you also can filter through, find out who is not going to work with you. Um, you know, you just have to kind of put yourself out there because mm-hmm. if you just keep it to yourself, nothing's ever going to happen.
0: True, true. Are you do you are you comfortable in those sorts of situations, putting yourself out there?
1: Uh, I may sound like I am, but I don't think so. I have a lot of social anxiety, to be honest. So it depends on the day. <laughs>
0: no, no, I'm I'm 100% with you. And and how did how did the pandemic impact that side of things did you did you find that the pandemic helped you to do certain things in the way that you wanted to or did it did it get in the way
1: um i think it helped uh i think it's a bit of both uh but a way that i think it helped is that you know we're an independent company and i don't know how you feel about it but i feel like publishing especially is a very clicky side of the industry (laughs) i can't speak about the others but
0: how so it's how so um
1: it's just very difficult to especially when you're working with emerging artists and writers i i find it very difficult to open doors sometimes Mm -hmm. you know you do you do find amazing people i've met some amazing people that you know they just listen to the music and they're like yeah I love it I want to work with it but there's a lot of people who are looking at credits and right. appearances and numbers before even listening to the music and finding out if the person can or cannot do right you know
0: you you you, you come at it from the perspective of you kind of see how small the business actually is when you actually see how many people are doing the bulk of the work in yeah, the middle, I think and it's everybody just everybody else is kind of satelliting round those people trying to get in.
1: Yeah, I think it's just you know, it's just quite closed off. But again, there are some great people out there. Like when I uh, I went to Ripabon just before the pandemic, and because we work um, with a country artist, and at the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: we were you know just starting out, just starting to release her music and work her campaigns and stuff and i wanted i had no connections in nashville and you know i was trying to make those connections and at read i saw that they had a country stage they had lots of country talks and honestly everyone i met from nashville they were the nicest people i've ever met in the music industry cool it was it was amazing and i mean but not just there everywhere you find you find good people it's just sometimes, yeah, sometimes it feels a bit harder. Sometimes it feels like it's one step forward, three steps back.
0: Tell me more about Reaper Barn because Reaper Barn is on my, my to do list for next year. So how long were you there for? Um, uh, were you out there I- for any kind of, did you have any particular specific goals in mind beyond just building connections? Uh, did you have you mentioned you had a specific country artist did you go over there going right we've got five songwriters artists that we're trying to trying to do something with here or was it just uh a, a see how things go see who you can meet sort of
2: sort of deal?
1: um i went for two reasons two main reasons one was this um country side mm-hmm. um i just really wanted to make connections in that area and i did i i you know, it was great. This artist, she just played C2C. She played three stages at C2C. Okay. And that came, you know, it was a bit of a journey, but it came, it started at bond <laughs> And um, also um, our main, because we have a small roster with whom we work on a daily basis. We work with a variety of people, a variety of composers, especially nowadays, because, you know, our company has changed quite a bit in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And, uh, but the, our exclusive roster uh they do seem to do really well in germany so for me okay. it was like well might as well go to germany
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> and so was and and by by that you mean sales or do you mean sync placements and things like that uh
1: no it's more interest from uh audience okay. yeah so it's more sales so we do get uh we do get our music used there quite a bit but um so one of our artists we had just signed her she uh, she went on tour she went she was a support um, act for Fleury, who who's a really big sync artist and uh, she did uk and europe and germany was the main country that really really loved her that the okay. fans just you know she got loads of fans there and then she got more gigs bigger gigs Um so she's She's one of, the, one of the reasons I went there. We work with uh, our main composer. He's uh, German. He's based in Munich. Right. Um, so, yeah, Germany's just, I, I really like the music industry in Germany. I find them a lot more open <laughs> and, and a lot less you, judgmental. <laughs> and I'm
0: guessing you speak a bit of German from your time over uh, there, or, uh, or is it just yeah, you, you, you just found, found the common language of, of English?
1: I'm more comfortable uh, doing business in English. <laughs>
0: okay. So, for those not in the know, Reaper Barn is is what it's uh, is it a is it a songwriting kind of event conference? Is it a uh, is it a artist event style thing, or is it you know is it more like South by Southwest? For example, or um, you know, a showcase event, or
1: yeah, it's more like a showcase. Uh, so it's kind of I haven't been to South by, but I imagine that's how it's like, and you know, like uh, the Great Escape. Yep. So it's it's that there are a lot of showcases, lots of different venues. Um, people putting uh, some different companies doing their own events with their with their own artists and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, talks, uh, networking opportunities. Um, yeah. And it's on this street, street, strip. So sometimes I can pronounce some words. That's all right. And I'm from here. So <laughs> all right.
0: Your English <laughs> is better than my Portuguese, trust me.
1: Um, so yeah, it's on the street called Ripaban. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. You meet lot, lots of people. You see, see a lot of gigs. Um, yeah. yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And yeah. I went on my own. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I had a and, good time.
0: And- do you reckon you'll go again?
1: Uh, I'd love to. If the company, I'd love to
0: if the company allows it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go anywhere. Honestly, I love it. I love a trip.
0: <laughs> you've done a little. You've done a few bits and pieces in the music business. You you did a bit of management. You've done a bit in live and the stuff you're doing now in in publishing and label and stuff like that was I mean obviously you're in A&R label management and publishing now is that because you kind of you did management you dipped your toe in and went this isn't for me or Uh, is it kind of just uh this is where you've you've landed and you've you've excelled I guess
1: uh it's kind of j- cause I that's that's what happened. <laughs> well that's what happened. No, my last internship was at A and G. Okay. Um and then I uh, the like I left to continue to be in Annie for a while to make some money because internships were not paid at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um now I think they're illegal, um, which is great because you know, some not everybody's fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah. Um so Uh, the person who had my job before me when she left she left a few months after I finished her internship Um, she recommended me for it Um, and I was like yep I'll do it (laughs) I'll take it and the role has uh, evolved quite a lot Mm -hmm. Um, so we didn't really have a label Um, so that's something that um, we sort of implemented because we started commissioning a lot of music for sync yeah. and for me it was like well we're, we're having this at the time we had just a kind of a couple of songs but one our top sync track was um was not released and i was like well why don't we release it you know people can just it and find it and that's a stream of income that we don't have that we won't spend money to have and any penny that comes in you know is a is a plus mm-hmm. um so we released that song and then uh yeah we just started releasing everything we commissioned that we commissioned a lot more because a couple of years ago we yeah we created this um uh third arm of the company called powerhouse creative yeah so it's a trailer key production house we work with loads of different composers with curate lots of albums and we release everything so yeah so now we have a label too
0: (laughs) so is that is that label side of things kind of more slightly more like a production music company uh i obviously there's their commercial releases but it's kind of set up more like you know the, the the music is designed for media first and foremost
1: uh not necessarily because we do work we do uh like a lot of our commissioned works are with artists that have their own projects yeah so you know we work with them to find to curate the music that kind of suits their own project as well okay so yeah i don't really know how to describe it okay (laughs) well
0: Tell me a bit about ANG. I'm I'm interested to to find out a bit more about this. I well, what you what you said recently because it's something that's come up in a few conversations that I've had about tracks that are unreleased getting traction in the world of sync. ANG is a company with that is kind of. I think when I worked with it when it first emerged, it was literally called ANG Sync. It was a sync company, um, and it has obviously grown and shifted around since then but it's interesting to me that you were working with artists you were representing artists and some of that music wasn't being released and yet it was still getting interest Mm -hmm. from from Television companies, film companies, advertising agencies. So, is that because it was just, it was literally an unreleased track that was just like sitting on a hard drive, or it was not yet released from an artistic project?
1: Uh, No, it was a track that, uh, it was a few years ago, um, so I might not remember 100% accurately, (laughs) but um, if I remember correctly, it was a track that uh, one of our producers, he does music for sync. He was, so one of my colleagues briefed him out because that's that's what we do a lot. Like we come up with briefs um, for composers to, you know, write the music that we're kind of looking for it's not based on the brief that we've received from a client it, exactly it's based on you know what kind of music is you know people are after what people are looking for so we look at everything that's being referenced and that's how we come up with our briefs mm-hmm. um, and that was that was the case then and that song I think it was 2017 that we released and it's still today it's still pl- being synced everywhere it's just it just works really well i mean it just played a lot of violins last week nice
0: okay so um, that was that was a you get you get a bunch of briefs in from music supervisors and whilst you're getting that stuff in you are kind of seeing what's being asked you're seeing what you've got in your own in in the catalog and then you're commissioning extra stuff on top based on the music so based on the the, the requests that you're coming that you're getting in uh to to grow the catalog whilst.
1: Yeah, whilst, kind of. Yeah.
0: From an A and R perspective, I guess it's like you're steering the ship. How big's the catalog at AMG? Do you know uh, roughly? Obviously, I'm not. I'm not asking. <laughs> you don't have to I know have exactly.
1: No, I no. I have no idea. <laughs> Somebody asked me that before, and I I had no clue. I had no clue because especially these last two years, we got so many songs, so many songs released, so many songs um i i don't know i really don't
0: and are, are you are you a fairly uh significant part of like the signing side of the yeah. of the business are you are you actively out there looking for new things to to sign to the roster
1: yeah we don't we don't tend to sign exclusively a lot of people because you know we're a small company we don't want to sign a million people and not be able to give them attention Mm -hmm. so you know we signed roster it's a small small roster who we work with on a daily basis and you know we work very much like a team um but we do work with we're always on the lookout for different artists composers writers producers and that we can just work on a non-exclusive basis Mm -hmm. you know like commissioning these works um so yeah so we i mean all of us we all do this job of keeping an eye out and doing some research and with our so with our published um artists i i'm always on the lookout for new people for them to collaborate with and always with the sync thing in mind Mm -hmm. because you know that's very much our focus so um yeah
0: where are you where are you looking for stuff Give me a bit of uh, of the of the behind the curtain of A and R scouting from your perspective.
1: Um, I actually i look i look a lot on Spotify, um, on Spotify, and I also shazam so many songs all the time when I'm watching TV. Everything that I that I think oh that sounds cool oh that would that would that would be really cool to work with. So mm-hmm. um, I think those are the main yeah the main two two ways.
0: So so for for me and for uh those listening to this what what does kind of scouting via Spotify how does that work from your side of things take can you kind of walk us through a a falling down a Spotify hole
1: Oh um well it depends on the mood to be honest <laughs> because I'm always looking for music just for myself just new music I'm yep. always looking um, so I listen to a lot of different playlists. And then, you know, all the different artists that catch my attention. I go on their profile and I see, you know, what else they are doing, who they're signed to. Um, I look at um, that, that uh, what's that section? Fans also like, mm-hmm. fans also listen to. So I look at that to see who else sounds like them. Um, but yeah, to be honest, it all starts selfishly just for my own pleasure (laughs) and then (laughs) surely
0: that's the best way of doing it if you sit here and go right I've got to do some work now you kind of your your mind's not in it for the right reasons
1: yeah exactly and to be honest this is one of my favorite things about uh working where I work we we work with people that we, we love people who believe in whose music we love you know we don't we don't tend to look at something and oh, they're you know they're really popular on TikTok. They sound rubbish. We don't really like them, but let's sign them because they're really popular, you know. So yeah. I, I like having that luxury of yeah being able to go. You know what? This person is amazing. Let's let's work with them.
0: And are you obviously sync is, is a focus. So are you trying to put a little bit of everything? In the co- in uh, in the catalogue, are you trying to say right? Actually, we don't have a lot of death metal um, at the moment, or
1: as in as in commissions.
0: As in, you know, just either whether it's commissions that you're creating or whether it's signings. Are you are you obviously kind of aware that you kind of need a little bit of everything, or yeah, yeah. or are you are you kind of going? No, we know how to work this stuff, so let's let's focus on the things that we know how to work with, as opposed to trying to fill fill holes i guess
1: yeah so i i don't deal with the briefs myself mm-hmm. so uh my look at sync is a little bit different but my colleagues they very much do that they you know if if it's not something that we're commissioning and it's something that it's in demand that we feel like we you know we could use for sync that that we can place because that's the thing we might not have a certain genre but we if we also know that it's not really going to get placed we don't want to waste anybody's time so uh my colleagues they yeah they represent a lot of um, labels a lot of different artist management companies so they're constantly looking at what we need what yeah, if there are any gaps and um, at the end of the day you can also we also have you know a, a wide network of labels that we don't necessarily represent exclusively but we can go and say look we're looking for somebody's looking for this kind of mm-hmm. music do you have any okay um, so yeah so- we just scout as as necessary <laughs>
0: there's the ang like sync representation side of things mm-hmm. then you've also got the a separate side which is the publishing side so that's when you actually you have either short or semi-long-term kind of standardized publishing agreements so you're working with them exclusively for yeah you know up to three years or or, or whatever how long how long those deals are and you've also got a label side and that is that separate to the powerhouse stuff or is powerhouse on top of the label stuff
1: uh powerhouse is part of the label stuff so we actually have so if you look on uh dsp's you'll find the artist called powerhouse (laughs) that's us that's all the music we commission for our company powerhouse creative right but we also uh, yes but we also release um stuff outside of that
0: singles eps albums of certain yeah. artists that you're working with okay and your specific role is across kind of all of that is it mm-hmm. not it's like head of publishing a and r and what was it label manager at powerhouse so that's yeah that's quite <laughs> a, that's that's gonna keep you busy
1: <laughs> yeah never though moment uh every day is different uh, there's uh, The job is never done, but I think in music in general, I think everyone can relate to that. You know, the job is never done. You can't just go, oh, I'm going to work late a little bit today to finish this. No, you're not, because you're never going to finish anything. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> it's just endless, uh, but, but, which is great. I, I think it's a lot of fun, and I like, I like not having one role, one thing that I have to do every day. Like I do just a million different things every day. You know, so I'm at the moment. I'm working on content strategy for social media for a couple of our artists. Okay. Whatever comes, whatever comes, I I'm on it.
0: <laughs> How do you find getting your head out of a label way of thinking and into a publishing way of thinking, or vice versa? Do you find it quite difficult? Because obviously, there's so, so slightly different sensibilities. Um, do you find it quite easy to bounce f- from one to another?
1: Um, I think because everything we do is kind of interconnected, uh, I think it's not so different. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah, I don't okay. really find it difficult Yeah. So you, yeah.
0: Okay. So you you kind of see I guess you see your 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 roles as one giant job that you do. <laughs> Across yeah it's kind
1: of like the goal the main goal is 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 the connector i think <laughs> okay yeah
0: and last specific question from a- from an ang thing is 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 what I, what is the relationships or what are the relationships like with the artists are you are you very you know are you um are you spending money are you investing money into them like a traditional label and publisher would Or are you kind of more representing their catalog and, and I guess, acting as an agent on their behalf? And, um, and are you working with, I kind of touched on it already, but is everything that you do kind of very short term renewable deals as and when they go, or do you have some much more longer term relationships?
1: Um, it's actually all kind of case by case. That's another thing that I do like about, um, an independent company that we can kind of we have a lot of flexibility you know we do we do what what works best for everybody
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so it really depends because yeah like a lot of uh, our published artists they just do their own thing and all we do is the admin um but some of our published artists we we're in daily contact whether you know the one of our artists she does a lot of work for us for sync so we pair her with a lot of producers to work on bespoke work for sync Mm -hmm. but she also has her own artist project um and we help her with that yeah it's really case by case and
0: how much how much kind of facilitating collaborations is it that you guys are doing is that because you've said pairing with people for there's there's a lot of, oh, we need to find someone to work with this person. Like when you went to Reaper Barn or we're pairing this person with a producer. Is it is from an A&R perspective, is, is the vast majority of what you're doing that facilitating someone working with somebody else?
1: Yeah, it really depends. I mean, it really depends on what they want, what they're looking for. That's I think that's the main thing for for us is that we all work as a team and we all want to kind of help each other out. Um so like one of, this artist in particular who does a lot of stuff for sync uh for her artist project she's very um autonomous like she you know she likes to write by herself mm-hmm. she she's she's been producing a lot um which i think is really cool um so it really depends so our country artist she likes she prefers to write with other people rather than by herself, so um I look for people in her genre to write with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really depends.
0: What's the bit that you enjoy the most?
1: Oh, I don't know. It really depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, some days you're really creative and you have, you know, all the juices flowing and you're having all these ideas. But some days you're, you're really not feeling it. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to do admin. Edmund's yeah, my odd? friend today isn't it yeah.
0: odd? you just want to sit down and go I just want to put some music on and fill in spreadsheets today, yeah. that's it, that's all I want to do I don't want to have to think creatively I just want to do data entry and listen to some, listen to the latest whatever album
1: exactly, exactly
0: Okay, so last question then um, and that's kind of what's ahead, what's coming up in the next, kind of between now and the end of the year for, from A&G that you can talk about uh, have you got any particular artists and releases that you can that you can shout about, so it's kind of August through to the end of the year what's going on that you can oh. say something about or what artists can should you be would you like to shout about
1: Oh, um okay, so I can't talk about the big projects at the moment, <laughs> but I can't talk about the artists um so um our artist Lorraine, actually, she's been getting loads of her songs on Love Island. <laughs> nice.
2: Um,
1: she is really, really exciting. She's got a lot of music coming out. Uh, she's working on a lot of music. Um, she is amazing. She's got cr- crazy vocals. She sounds amazing. Her lyrics are so um particular. She's, I, I don't, I yeah, um, words are failing me at the moment. How did you, <laughs> She's f- how so did you good. find
0: her?
1: So she came, so Taliyad, they, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do these um, A&R sessions. Right. And then my, it was actually my boss, he he did one. So people would come and play music and he'd get feedback. And she came because, you know, she loves this sort of cinematic epic music and she wanted to meet us she wanted to you know see if she could work with us and that's how okay <laughs> it, yeah she she's one of uh she's someone i'm in touch with we're all in touch with on a daily basis she's got a lot of exciting things coming up um both on the sync side and her own artist project she just played out of light festival cool um she's really really cool um we've got our artist ivor i don't know if you watched the last kingdom on netflix
0: uh you but... haven't yet no. um
1: so the soundtrack the whole soundtrack is john lund who does the soundtrack of downton abbey and our artist ivor okay and um she is about to go to the us this summer for a tour and she's also coming back to the uk for i think the fourth or fifth time uh she is incredible. Her live show is an experience. Um, so I highly recommend anyone who wants to come. <laughs> She's going to be around here in October. Cool. Um, yeah. And we um, keep an eye out for Powerhouse. We've got a lot of music coming up. Every Friday, we've got a new release, basically.
0: And is that, is that just Powerhouse on Spotify?
1: Yeah. Power hyphen house, H-A-U-S. Yeah,
0: amazing stuff. Liv, thank you so much for giving me time today and chatting to me. Uh, Thank you. there for having a conversation with me. Never spoken to uh, Liv before so it was really great to meet her and chat about this. Really looking forward to getting the opportunity to meet her in person. Uh, if you would like to know more about A&G you can find their websites agsyncmusic.com agsongspublishing.com and Powerhouse Creative. that's power House, H-A-U-S, creative.com. You can also find them on Insta at AG Sync and at Powerhouse, Power, H-A-U-S, all one word, underscore creative. Uh, they've also got a YouTube channel where you can see some of their current placements at AG Sync Music, and they're on Facebook at AG Sync. The music, as it has always been this year, is by Bloom Pool. Check him out on Instagram at bloom.pool or find his two albums and assorted EPs on Spotify via bloom slash pool. You can also listen to his curated playlist on Spotify, Moonlight Sessions. So if you're into your shoegaze, chill out music, post rock, that sort of thing, then do check out the Moonlight Sessions playlist. If you are interested in reaching out to me if you want to know more about publishing um, from my perspective, if you would like to send me any music or anything like that, please do so. My website is dcmusicpublishing.co.uk. You can also find me on Instagram at DC music Publishing, Facebook DC Music Business, and I'm also on Twitter at Danny Champion. Uh, there's a few more of these to come this year. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, do leave a review if you have the opportunity to um, and I will speak to you again very very soon